the Sailing God's People, sailinggodspeople.org, with your host, Dennis Beard. Most of the churches today and denominations are preaching a prosperity gospel. And, of course, 3 John 2, God wishes above all things that we may as prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Now, certainly there is biblical prosperity, but not serving the God of mammon. Why sufferings? We have a crossless Christianity. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. That baptized with the Holy Ghost and that with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, purging our conscience from dead works to serve the living God through obedience unto righteousness. There is a doctrine that says Jesus suffered for us all, therefore we do not suffer. But yet, we find in Timothy, Paul exhorts the young Timothy, that all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, persecutions for his name's sake, not for any evil doing that we have done. Why the sufferings? And then the last day work of the ministry, in that man-child cut up to God and to his throne, it is essential and imperative that we understand the cross in our lives. We find that Paul speaks of this in the church at Rome, saying that you glory in all these tribulations, for tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Experience worketh hope. But it starts with tribulation, trouble. Tribulation worketh patience. Well, how do you get patience? Well, we find in Peter, it says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Count it a joy that your faith, though it be tried as by fire, may come forth as pure gold. Now, why would we have to go through sufferings when Jesus has paid it all on the cross? Because there, he is our way, the truth, and the life. He is our example. We walk in his steps. And he learned obedience through the things which he suffered making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. And that's a great disservice to a new, a novice that has just come into God and repented, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, born of the water for the remission of sins, and receiving the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, and telling them that now it's all just a bed of roses. You're going to have houses and lands and cars. There's name it and claim it, snap it and grab it. The prosperity gospel, which is a total lie. It sets upon the path of Jesus that if you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. This patience must have its perfect work. How did you get patience? There's no other way than tribulation. Tribulation worketh patience then patience worketh experience. And by reason of use, if we have our senses exercised, thereby to discern both good from evil, because we become full grown. In First Peter 5, he talks about that these sufferings, that after 
you suffered for a while, God make you perfect. Establish, strengthen, and settle you. After you've suffered for a while, why the sufferings? Well, the trial of your faith. That trial of your faith that is more precious. That gold comes forth as pure gold. That faith is tried. And why? Because every time that you have a revelation in the word of God and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then you can rest assured then that faith will be tested and tried, that it can come forth as pure gold. And all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So whenever that word is sown upon the heart, just like a sower that went forth sowing seed, some by the wayside, some among the stones, some among the thorns, but some on good ground, that's your heart. Guard your heart, for out of it proceed all the issues of life. But notice there is those ones among the thorns. Well, they receive the word, but the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful, and it brings forth no fruit unto righteousness, unto perfection. And that is what we're called for. And the cross the individual cross that every believer has been given to them of the Lord and a member in particular are called to suffer with him. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. And if you suffer with him, then you will reign with him. And there's no other way that we can cease from sin except the destruction of the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. The pride of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the love for the world. The world passeth away with the lust thereof, but whosoever doeth the will of God shall abide forever. So to come against and to crucify our flesh with the affections and the lust takes a cross. It takes a work of the Holy Ghost whose fan is in his hand and he will truly purge his floor. He'll purge out all the dross where we come back as pure silver. That is the reason why for the tribulation, the persecution. That arises for the word's sake and by and by they are offended. Bring forth no fruits unto perfection. Why? Because they say, well, I'm not, it's not worth suffering down here. And it, the rod of God is only upon the head of the righteous. It's not upon the wicked. So the ones that God loves, he chastens. God says he chastens all the ones that he loves. And if any man, any man be without chastisement, of which all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Now know chastening for the present time seemeth to be joyous but afterward yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness how do we get righteousness it's not of us lest we should boast but the righteousness of God by faith and that obedience is required in Romans 6 
whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him of you, their servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, even though you have the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God leading, if we do not obey, which is not works thereof, the flesh or works of the law, but it's a righteousness of God by faith that we obey the leading of the Holy Ghost into all truth. And the Holy Ghost there, as he leads us and guides us, crucifies the flesh with the, with the affections and the lust. And there's no other way, First Peter 4.1 says, for as much then Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. There, he that hath suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Why? That he should no longer serve it there in his life and the, in the deeds of the flesh. So if we walk after the spirit, the law of the spirit of life, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There, those that live after the flesh shall die. We have 23 things that bring forth death, and they're listed as works of the flesh. But we, as believers, must crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust, and it's only through the power of God, for greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world. Somebody said, well, I have a bondage that I can't get rid of. It's uh, something that, that has me bound and All you have to do is turn it over to the Lord and cast your care upon Him because He cares for you. And greater is He that is within you than he that's in the world. But we have to make sure that Christ is in us lest we be reprobate. Christ in you, the hope of glory, and Christ is greater than any spirit out there. All we have to do is crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. It says there, Paul speaking, trouble on every side, but not in distress, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus. There's the cross. Why? That the life of the Lord Jesus will be manifest in our mortal bodies. For we which live are always delivered unto death. Now that we is the body of Christ. Every member in the body of Christ or whatever call you're called, as members in particular. Different ministries, different ministrations, but one of the self-same spirit that's called us all into one body. And we're all partakers of his sufferings for the testimony of Jesus, that spirit of prophecy. To have that man-child birthed in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. To come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man requires suffering with Jesus. Not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. And those, as Paul said, but we which live, all the body of Christ, we which live are always delivered unto death, that the life of our Lord Jesus may be manifest in our mortal bodies. And this affliction, this light affliction, which is only but for a moment. What does it do? Well, it's it's not pleasant. It's not something that, uh, if we do not understand, can drive us away because tribulation persecution arises for the word's sake, 
Some are offended. And we find in 1 Timothy 4.1, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith. They had to be in the faith to depart from it. Given heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. Well, what are these doctrines? The doctrines are there is no cross for you. Jesus carried the cross. You don't have to carry your cross when Jesus said you do. There's no other way to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. So they believe these seducing spirits. They believe these doctrines of devils and believe a prosperity, uh, name it and claim it type of gospel. You give God a thousand, he'll give you 10,000 and destroy all your debt or whatever. Uh, it's kind of like the, uh, the man that wrote the book and sealed it and said uh, uh, how to think and grow rich and seal the book. All that he had learned in knowledge and when they opened the book, they found it empty. Nothing written on the pages. Well, it's kind of the way it is with a false gospel. They believe the ministers behind pulpits and churches in a prosperity gospel and give and give and sell and sell and find that they're still in debt, find they still have payments, find that they still have sickness and disease. But many of the afflictions are the righteous. But God delivered them out of them all. We overcome. There's a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Just believing in Jesus. As Job said, as our example, yea, though God slay me, yet I'll trust in him. Those skin worms eat my body. In my flesh I will see God. Well, that is the true gospel. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. The present truth is that God is preparing his body, every member in particular. Somebody said, well, I'm not called to preach the gospel. I'm not called as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. Yet, you are called as a member in particular. And God has put the more abundant honor on the less comely parts lest there be no chism or division in the body. The eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. Therefore, it's every member in particular called to do the ministry of Jesus, of whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love, where these parts compacted and fitly framed together according to God's will. And God is calling his body, every member in the unity of the faith, as there has been no certain voice in the land, no certain cry in the wilderness, behold, the bridegroom cometh. But yet now there is. The Lord is gathering his people together in one in the unity of the faith, in the knowledge, to the knowledge of the Son of God. That's epigonosco, not gonosco. Not knowing Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh anymore, but epi. Gnosko, a much higher glory than what we have had in Pentecost as tabernacleist. That means it's a higher glory for you, higher glory for me that we are all going into, and the call is in the land now. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. There will be ten virgins, five wise, five foolish, and the cry will be made in the midnight cry, 
the morning star is coming, but this is a midnight cry. The Lord's going forth is prepared as a morning. He will come to us as a rain, the former and the latter, in the first month. We've had the former rain in Acts 2. There, the whole book of Acts is the Pentecostal reign of the Holy Ghost. Now we're in the last uh, reign of his strength, the latter reign of his strength, the great reign of his strength for the final harvest and God calling his people together now. And that epikonosko and the knowledge of the Son of God is coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus unto a perfect man. Growing up into him in all things, things of the things of faith that were not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. These are the ones in the last days that will know their Lord and they will be known of him. And when that which is perfect has come, then all that which is in part will be done away with. Right now we have knowledge in part, but God is increasing our knowledge through the birth pangs. And this is travail and the body of Christ. As a woman in travail, so the body of Christ is in travail now. Are you going through something? Are you going through trials and persecutions and tribulations? Then count it all a joy. Rejoice as much as you are protectors of Christ's sufferings. And the glory of God resteth upon you, upon your head. And you which are troubled rest with us. When the Lord shall be revealed from heaven and taking vengeance on them that know not God, and then for the testimony, that testimony of Jesus, because it was believed among you when he comes to be glorified in his saints. That glory, that grace will be revealed at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And when he's revealed, that grace and that glory will be revealed in you. And it will be great, great joy, a time of rejoicing, because you've suffered for just a little while down here in the flesh. And that suffering is just for a short time. It works for us in a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Well, that's pretty good businessman. For sufferings for 70 years, and by reason of strength he goes to 80, yet his days are full of sorrow. Man born of woman is a full, full of sorrow. And that mankind, but if we're going to suffer, not for evil's sake, but for the Lord Jesus Christ, setting our affections upon the things above and not on the things beneath, then we have set to our seal that God is true, believing his testimony he gave of his Son, that the Son is the Father revealed in the flesh. He is God Almighty. That is the Lord Jehovah that gave himself on the cross, shed his blood, and now we perceive that love of God through 1 John 3.16. Hereby perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Well, it goes on and says, Therefore we, the body of Christ, should, should lay down our lives for the brethren. If you have love for the brethren, You've been you have been passed from death unto life. And you have this commandment that's been given to you. Another commandment I give you, Jesus said that you love one another, that they may know that you are my disciples. The final perfection of all is charity. You've added to your faith virtue. Virtue is you do not 
uh, whore with any other spirit, you're a chaste virgin. It's virtuous. You have that virtue. You add to your faith virtue. Virtue add knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Not knowledge of the world, but the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And add to your knowledge temperance. Self-controlled in all things. Temperance, patience. But let patience have her perfect work. Remember, there's no other way to get patience except through tribulation that worketh patience. And that patience must have her perfect work that after you've done the will of God, we have need of patience that we will receive a full reward. Then patience, godliness, the God life. And that godliness is that God was manifest in the flesh. And now we have that God life, Christ in us, the body of Christ, the hope of glory. Then godliness, we have to add on to that brotherly kindness. And that brotherly kindness is love for the brethren. And then finally, as the Philadelphian church, they're in in Revelation 3. And finally, charity. Charity is the bond, a guarantee of perfectness. If you have a bond on a job, it's your guarantee you're going to perform that job. Well, charity is the bond or guarantee of perfectness. And charity, there's faith, hope, and charity, and the greatest of these is charity. Paul said, I'll show you a more excellent way. This charity is not just love, but it's the love of God in keeping his commandments based in doing the will of God. That's charity. And the more that they may see your good works will glorify your Lord Jesus in heaven. And these works that you glorify will be through through great tribulation, through persecutions. And all that live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecutions. They're going to speak evil of you. They're going to lie and rail upon you, just as they did the Lord Jesus. That lets you know that you are living for God because everyone in God shall suffer persecution. But this persecution will lead forth this tribulation that you endure will have your faith going to faith, from faith to faith, from glory to glory, Second Thessalonians, first chapter, which that is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Now notice in the last days, he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21 and endurance. And that is this faith that overcometh the world. This victory that overcometh the world is our faith. Well, persecution and tribulation is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you endure. That you might be accounted, you and I may be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which we also suffer. So know, neighbor, why you're suffering. You're suffering for the kingdom's sake, for the testimony of Jesus and the kingdom of God. Just as John said in Revelation 1, I'm your fellow companion and tribulation and persecution for the testimony of Jesus. And uh, that testimony of Jesus, that spirit of prophecy, will be 
in and through the body of Christ, birthing a man-child, Christ in you, the hope of glory, to where it will reveal Jesus to a lost and dying world and fulfill Jesus' week of three and one-half years, 42 months, time, times, the dividing of a time, 1,203 score days of the Jesus ministry of what you and I are called for in Ephesians 4.12. We, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. How are you perfected? That after you've suffered for a while, First Peter 5. God make you perfect, establish strength, and settle you. Make you perfect? Yes. The captive of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings. This is not a crossless Christianity. There is a cross there that we literally, every man picks up his own cross and follows the Lord Jesus. So don't be weary in well-doing. You will reap if you faint not. You're going through things right now because for the cause of Christ and a greater glory that will be revealed in and through you in the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. The latter reign of God himself has to give you rain in the time of the latter rain. So will the Lord make bright clouds, send forth showers to everyone grass in the field. If you're suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ, happy are you. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad when they speak all evil against you. Leap for joy, for great is your reward in heaven. Don't look for it down here. Now, somebody says, yes, well, if you sell out all your goods and uh, you give alms, that's the only hundredfold blessing in the Word of God. Yes, but we don't look for it in money. He said, those uh, that have left houses, lands, cars, and all the things that they've done, and family also, there will receive a hundredfold more in this lifetime. Wives sons, daughters, moms, dads. And with persecution, you're not going to get away from persecution. In the body of Christ, there is always persecution. Offenses will come. But woe to the man by whom the offense cometh. It was better that a millstone was carried about his neck and cast into the sea that he should offend one of these little ones, my brethren. For you did it one if you do it to the one or the least of these, my brethren, to any member of the body of Christ, you've done it as unto me, Jesus said. For it is, and we are the body of the Christ, and he's touched with the feeling, all of our feeling of our infirmities. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We have this, uh, and godliness with contentment is great gain. For he has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We find in the book of the Revelation there's some uh, there he speaks of Ephesus, Smyrna, and he says there uh, that you are poverty, but yet you are counted rich. Well, poverty as far as money goes and and uh, uh, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and money in the bank, true, but rich in faith. And that's what we always want to be encouraged the body of Christ, that we are to help one another. The ones uh, there in Macedonia uh, take up a gathering uh, to the ones, the poor saints at Jerusalem. And Paul said, be no gatherings when I come. And we find that uh, the he that gathered uh, 
uh, much had nothing left over. He that gathered gather little had no lack, for the God will take care of his body. He will take care. Uh, take no thought what you shall eat or drink. Uh, consider the lilies of the lilies of the valley. They neither toil neither they spin. Yet Solomon in all of his glory is not arrayed like one of these. How much more shall he take care of you, O ye of little faith? Talking to all of us that we are in the last of the last days and the greatest move of God ever to be revealed on the earth is here upon us. So we are all in the body of Christ that are suffering persecutions and tribulations. Know that you are in companions with the body of Christ and the best is yet to come in the man-child birth caught up to God and to his throne. And these are the ones that will preach the everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad because you're counted worthy to suffer shame for his name's sake. And some even unto death. And why? Getting a mortar's crown. For you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the most parts of the earth. The witness there is mortars. The Greek word Witness is mortars. They seal their testimony with their own blood, the, the blood of the saints, of the body of Christ, the seedbed of the church. If you do it one of these to these, my brethren, you've done it unto me, and he will avenge the blood. So here's the faith and patience of the saints. In the book of the Revelation, it says very simply that he that killed with the sword must die by the sword. He that leadeth into captivity must go into captivity. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. Though he said in Revelation, John writing again, said, There, blessed are they that die in the Lord. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. And these works there, that will be a reward at the coming of the Lord. And great will your reward be in heaven. So be encouraged, you that are suffering for righteousness' sake, you that are going carrying the cross, your cross that the Lord has given you for the body of Christ, that you, this, this little suffering that we do for a little while, just for a light moment, will work for you, for all of us, a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You that are troubled, tribulation worketh patience, patience worketh experience, experience worketh hope. It will yield the peaceable fruits of righteousness. So if we obey obedience unto righteousness, it will yield the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. All there are called to suffer with him. So don't let anybody tell you that you have done something wrong, just as Job's friends did, that he had sinned somewhat to bring the sufferings and trials that he went through. This was not the true report because uh, we are considered a Job as an example of long-suffering and uh, how God rewarded him. The same will be with the body of Christ in the last days. The woman will cry, travailing in pain to be delivered. She's in these birth pains. But she will bring forth. God says, shall I come to bring to the birth and shall I not bring forth? Is my arm shortened that it cannot save? He will certainly bring it forth. And when he does, it'll be the greatest revelation and revealing of Jesus in and through the body of Christ 
in the latter rain that this world has ever seen or will ever see again at the time of great tribulation, such as never been since there was a nation, neither shall ever be again. So never be encouraged. You that are suffering, going through tribulation and persecution, rest with us. When the Lord shall be revealed from heaven, taking vengeance on them that know not God, then you will receive a great reward. As you have been in your sufferings and tribulation and persecution for the Lord, you will also be a partaker of the consolation. We love to hear from you. There, don't let anybody tell you that you have to have a full bank account, new cars, new houses to be blessed. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ, that you become one with the Lord Jesus Christ through sufferings, literally crucifying your flesh with the affections and the lust, and being a vessel, meat for the master's use, purged from dead works to serve the living God, to give him glory. And these strange, fiery trials that you're going through, thinking not strange, because the glory of God rests upon your head. Well, if you will, uh, subscribe to the podcast, Sealing God's People. The time is at hand. The glory of God is good to be revealed in and through the body of Christ in a greater glory before the second advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God, neighbor. We want to invite you, and literally encourage you, to give us a call for, as you can see on your screen, we are set up to do an outreach and evangelizing the Jesus only doctrine of Christ for the sealing of God's people here in the last days. You'll see that we have a tractor trailer rig and on that rig is a tent, a gospel tent that will seat up to 3,000 people. Now don't let that discourage you because it can be set up to where it will be uh, a tent size for 300 people or 500 or 1,000 or up to 3,000. We have the instruments, we have the chairs, we have the gospel tent that if you would like a gospel tent meeting in your area where we can do social distancing, setting the chairs eight feet apart, not six, but eight feet apart, several rows, and still get in over 1,500 people in social distancing. We can bring it to your area. If you would like to hear that Jesus only doctrine of Christ, the sealing of God's people, where we are now in prophecy and eschatology, in that last day, work of the ministry, give us a call. That is Dennis Beard, at dennisbeard.org. That's our website, www.dennisbeard.org or sealinggodspeople.org. And let us hear from you. We'd like to talk to you. Well, we can talk about where you would like to have a tent revival or maybe you would like just to say, well, Brother Beard, come to the church. Bring this to the meeting at the church. We'd love to hear from you. Well, let us hear from you. Give us a call. The number's on the screen. You'll see we have our own motorhome. We can drive to you anywhere in the United States. There, also with the tent, with the tractor-trailer rig, and our team of ministers that we bring there to your town, your city, to your state. So if the Lord deals with you, don't hesitate. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to have a gospel tent meeting or meet there at 
and have a meeting in a meeting room or your church. Give us a call. Contact us at dinnerspirit.org, sealinggodspeople.org, and we'd love to hear from you. Let's talk. Let's meet. The body of Christ is coming together greater than it ever has before in the work of the ministry, in the unity of the faith, in the knowledge of the Son. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.